On today's episode of the Volts Broadcast, it's getting spooky. Be tuned. Season 3, Episode 62 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this Wednesday afternoon? I am definitely holding in, that's for sure. How are you? Is your salami doing okay? I mean, yeah, well, okay, yeah, that sounds you know, a little bit that, weird. It sounds really inappropriate, <laughs> but... Um, uh, inside joke. I don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to... I, I'm uncomfortable. Um, so... If you've been listening to the last couple episodes, you know Chase has uh, had some surgeries recently, and so he had to get like a couple layers of his skin uh, like removed and then skin graft elsewhere. Well, the uh, what what is it location the spot what how do I say it the graft site sure uh, it looks like lunch meat so I wasn't. So now you know what we're talking about, okay? <laughs> uh, don't make it weird. Don't make it weird out there. Come on, guys. Um, no, you, you you made it weird to start. Just asking how my salami's doing. <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm down. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit tired. I I am curious to know. Obviously, over the last little bit, uh, it might be different for you. So go back in time to when you know you're going to the rink every morning. Did you have waves when it comes to if you're awake slash not awake? Because I get into work, I'm dead tired, and then around 11 noon, I start getting amped up, I'm feeling great, super energetic, and then by the time I get home at like 3.30, I'm already ready to go back to bed. Like, it just comes in waves, and I don't know why, but I just want to be energetic all the time. I feel awake maybe once a month. Oh, that's good. I'm just kind of like like dragging along and just kind of get getting by is really what, what what it feels like. Every once in a while, I'll feel, wow, I feel great. I feel refreshed. I feel energized, uh, you know, I'm feel, feeling good, And but it, it's rare. Uh, do you feel awake when the doctor, like, examines your wounds? I mean, that's... that's I feel like there'd be some pain there, and it might yeah, wake you up a no, little bit. It's, it, it's 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 definitely a an, an awakening moment. That's for sure. Mm, it's not like a like a Frankenstein groan. Like mm. no, that why are you everything so sensual today? That that was not sensual. That, that, that was, was a Frankenstein mm, groan. That was just, that was just weird. <laughs> you sound Frankenstein's like more. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like you're taking a crap. What are we doing here? Uh, so we talked about how in the intro it's going to be a spooky episode. It's not because we're talking about Frankenstein or wounds or salami. It's actually because the Tampa Bay Lightning are up against the wall. So we're going to be talking about that. What do we expect from game six? Uh, we're also going to be checking in on some other series, going over the draft lottery, and then give you the finalists for the Norris, Vesna, and Calder. Those will come after the commercial break. Chase, let's first talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously going over game four while we were recording our last episode, which came out on Monday. Uh, we're going through it, talking about how it was 5 nothing when our recording ended. Not much really changed. It was still a bit of a blowout, but the Maple Leafs able to get a couple of late pity goals, 7-3 victory for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep, doesn't matter how you win, you win, and they happen to win by dominating most of the game anyway, so it didn't really matter that 
Toronto came in and you know fought their way back it, for that game at least. Maybe it's a sign of things to come as we saw um, in, in Game Five, but it was definitely a nice win. It, it was good to get that win at home. Um, you know, make the series two to two going into Toronto. Yeah, and going into Toronto didn't really work out very well. I mean, coming into it, it was a one-one split in Toronto, a one-one split in Tampa. Uh, so not really sure what to expect. Hoping that after a blowout victory in Game Four, we could continue to build off of that. It started really well. It looked really good for us. Went up two nothing. We were you know controlling the ice, and then something happened and. The game completely flipped on its head. So according to Austin Matthews and John Navaris, Jason Spezza gave a intermission speech between the second and third, and that's what energized them. Because sure enough, they came out in the third and just looked like the better hockey team. They looked like they wanted it more. We just kind of lay back and, and let them take it. We, we we gave them the scoring opportunities. They took them. You know, Willem Nylander looked really good on, on the offensive side of the game. Austin Matthews played a phenomenal two-way game and finally – end up getting on the scoreboard um, there in the third period as well. It just ended up being a case where the, the team that won deserved to win the game. I, I, they they played a, a more full game. They, they played all the way to the end, whereas we did not. And it, it was pretty tough to see, not going to lie. Yeah, and John Cooper, he came out and said, they didn't take it from us. Rather, we just gave them the game, which you don't like to hear that out of the head coach. I'm sure that... You know, practice today that's going on uh, on Wednesday is going to be a lot of work to do. So this is the first time we've been backed up in a series since the 2019 playoffs. And if you know about those, then you know what happened. Um, This is the first time we've been down 3-2 specifically since the 2015 Stanley Cup against the Blackhawks, which... Results weren't good there either. Uh, however, when we look at first round 3-2 deficits, we go back to 2015 again against the Detroit Red Wings where we were able to pull off two straight. So the question is, Chase, what do the Tampa Bay Lightning have to do to rack off to, or to you know acquire these next two games to win? So I also want, want, want to you know, make a note that, especially on travel days like this, there, there is no practice. There's only a morning skate, so they'll have a morning skate uh, day of game and try to work on things, and you really don't have time to work on things. It's just to tweak a couple little things and, and move on. So you have to really tweak these things by um, philosophy and by speeches, not really by implementing them into systems and into practice. So really, it's just going to have to be keeping that top line of Toronto neutralized. It worked really well in Game 4. You know, Austin Matthews um, and Mitch Marner are these two just really tremendous offensive weapons that had no chance of getting anything done in game four, really, um, for, for, the, for the most part. It, you saw the Lightning do a really good job neutralizing them. That's kind of what they have to do again. And you feel better about it being at home. Um, Austin Matthews has, I think it's 19 career playoff goals. 16 of them are at home. It means only three on the road. So he's a much better home performer than road performer. So it fares good for game six. So you can win game six. It's a good momentum builder. You have to carry that into Game 7 and play a complete game all the way through. It's not going to be easy. It really is not. But if there's a team that has the experience and has the talent to pull off this 3-2 deficit, it's lightning. Yeah, and I'm really hoping that the team can do it, obviously. But I think the one person I'm more looking towards is Andre Vasilevsky. We've seen him play some uh, you know, good hockey, but I wouldn't say that this playoff performance for him has has been his best. 
currently yeah. sitting, when you look at just the pure stats of it, uh, and stats don't say everything, but you look at his goals against, he's sitting at a 3.65, his save percentage in 8.80. So um, we can definitely get more out of Andre Vasilevsky. And I think if we can start here at home on Thursday night and – uh, you know, even if he, you know, gives up three or something, but his team can help him out. Let's get him a little bit more comfortable with what's happening because right now he's struggling a little bit when it comes to those top guys. So neutralizing those top guys, like Chase said, getting Andre Vasilevsky a little bit more in his rhythm. That's really where this team is going to be able to find its spark because the offensive players have played well up to this point. And yes, we've got some superstars, but it's very argumentative on who's got the better forward core. When you look at defense and goaltending, though, that should be no no debate whatsoever that it should lean towards Tampa. So that's where we need to step up a little bit here. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And even if we don't do that here in game six, it's, say game six is a more of a higher scoring affair. Game seven is the game where we really need to defense down. Vasilevsky needs to step up and have his best game of the series, best game of the season. Yep. And it, it's it's definitely doable. It's something that we, we, you know, we, we see happen all the time in sports. So we really got to hope that it's in our favor this time around. It might be, might not be. But if we can get a good um, you know, game six win, then it should bode well for us going into game seven. And Chase, we talked about it towards the end of the regular season. You know, we went on a couple of, you know, five-game losing streaks and just a bit of a skid towards the end. Um, We talked about should there be any worry when it comes to the team in the playoffs. We obviously knew making the playoffs wasn't going to be an issue, but in the playoffs, should we be worried at all? And we talked about how there can be a little bit of concern at this point, but it's the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back champs like we are heavily relying on the experience but also the just immense amount of skill that we have now we're sitting down three two what are our thoughts i mean it's it's there's still like some still worries of course you're down three to two but i have enough faith in this team to pull it off i i i feel as good as he can being down three to two i don't feel like we're out of the series i don't feel like it's a loss and i do feel like if we pull off a game six win there's a very, very, very real chance that we're going to come out with Game 7 as well. Yeah, and it is kind of a weird feeling for some of Tampa fans out there that um, maybe have really found their diehard fandom recently because we just mentioned it, you know, five minutes ago. There hasn't been a point like this in over two years. So if you're feeling a little bit nervous, a little bit uh, down, it makes sense, but have faith. Because this Tampa Bay Lightning team went back-to-back for a reason. They're in this spot for a reason. And it's a team, they're versing a team that hasn't necessarily been known for having that clutch team. So right. uh, we're, and we're hoping for I, the best. I do want to cut you off real quick, too. Sorry. I, I, I just don't want to completely forget because I just keep meaning to say and I keep forgetting. Uh, we all know that. Very legendary stat where right now the Tampa Bay Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky specifically are 16-0 and coming back from a loss in the playoffs. So any game that they lose that he's lost prior in his last 16 games, he has won the next game. So that should help you feel well going into game six as well. Yeah, so going to be really excited for that one. We won't see you for uh, a potential game seven either, or at least talk to you because uh, that would be on Saturday night. So 
Uh, really hoping for good things out of Game 6, get into that rhythm, and then like Chase said, uh, Game 7 is where the defense and Andre Vasilevsky are going to have to step up huge. So uh, really looking forward to that, and hopefully we get two back-to-back wins over the Toronto Maple Leafs and can move on to that second round to face either Florida or um, who's it? Washington. So going to be exciting to see. So we'll be so, right back on the other side of the break. going to be talking about the other series, talk about the draft lottery and the NHL award finalists. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets. No matter what, win or lose, looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Any betting needs that you have, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and hey, with that 16-0 record, Vasilevsky has after a loss. Maybe uh, maybe that's something to put some money on. But Chase, let's look at some other series in the NHL. Uh, I guess first we can talk about the first series that has officially ended, that being the Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators. The Avs win in four. A nice, easy sweep for them. Good goaltending out of Nashville. That's really about the most respectable thing that they had going for them. Other than that, it's been a pretty dominant series. Yes, yes, it has. And, you know, when I, when I did my bracket uh, builder, this was the one series that, you know, I thought I had a chance of being a sweep. I chose it to be a sweep. Sure enough, it was a sweep. And really, just Nashville didn't have a chance. No UC Saros and that they weren't really going to be able to compete, really be able to do anything. So, you know, it, it was good effort. Thanks for coming out. But at the end of the day, they just weren't good enough. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, let's now talk about the one series that you and I were absolutely wrong about, that being the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Last episode, we talked about how, oh, the Oilers were up 2-1, to one, and it doesn't really seem like the last two games have been very close. This Oilers team is running away with a series after a very close win for the Kings in Game 1. Uh, not really the case, as the Kings rattle off two in a row and make us look stupid as they leave three as they lead three to two. Yeah, it's tough because if you're watching that game, you know the, the game five, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they get to play together for the third period and they looked just incredible. They they looked dominant. Connor McDavid drove every play, created every single goal. Leon Dreisaitl found back of the net. It, it was great. And then overtime started, and then they just kind of got. Tra- their superstar never got a chance to generate any offense and then like two minutes in adrian Kempe just calls it game so it was 
it was just a tough go for Edmonton there. They, they had a good chance to make the series three to two and be in a really good position going into game six and game seven. But instead, they're going to be down. Um, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised if we see McDavid and Drysaddle play together almost the whole game because they, they just got to kind of ride those guys, play them 25, 30 minutes if they have to. Um, and going into that for game six and seven, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, I mean, the Kings have definitely done better than I thought they were going to do, but I wouldn't say Edmonton's out by any means. So this is probably dumb because we said, yeah, Edmonton's got it. They're like, they're running away with it now. Uh, so I kind of want to make a prediction on this again. Do we think the Kings close it out or do we think the Oilers have that comeback in them? I think it's going game seven. That does not answer the question though. That's all I'm telling you. Okay, Chase is taking the scared route. Oh, scaredy guy. Edmonton will win the series. Oh, he thinks. I'm going to take LA then. How about that? All right, how Just about to be different. that? Uh, we'll stay in the West. Let's talk about St. Louis and Minnesota, a series you and I are obviously pulling for Minnesota. St. Louis, they have a 3-2 lead, though, after last night's victory. Yes, and indeed, you are correct. We are pulling for Minnesota, and indeed, you are correct. St. Louis does have a 3-2 lead. And it's a shame. I, I was hoping for a little bit better out of Minnesota. I was hoping that Flurry's maybe be able to stand on his head. But right now, St. Louis, they're just playing a little bit better, um, playing a little more better, you know, well-intentioned. They win game five, so they go to game six at home, up three to two on the series. I kind of got a feeling it's it's game over for the Wild. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't really feel like a Minnesota series uh, right now. You know, they've like you said, underwhelmed. So I'm in the same boat with you there. Calgary, Dallas, this one's 2-2 two to two as of right now. They play their fifth game tonight. What do we expect out of that one? Well, it's been a better series than I thought it was going to be, not going to lie. Um, if I had to lean one way or the other here, I would probably say the home teams kind of win this series out. So Calgary tonight, Dallas game six, Calgary game seven is kind of what it feels like to me, but Jake Andre, man, he's playing his ass off. He's playing really well. More power to him. Um, it, there's a chance that he could continue to, to play at this elite level and steal the series, but it's going to be hard to, to just do that for five, six games, and then really, if they do that going forward, it's it's not easy to just stand on your head and steal a bunch of games, but he is doing it so far, and I guess there is a chance he can keep doing it. Yeah, Calgary feels like they've definitely ramped up their play recently, so uh, I'm going to stick with my Calgary prediction that I had in the beginning uh, Florida and the Washington Capitals in the Atlantic side of the bracket with us. They're currently tied 2-2. Two to two. Um, it, What are we thinking on this one? Because originally, and at least last uh, episode that we did, we were saying Florida kind of disappointed. Yeah, at, at least Florida looked better um, in the last game. But I... I I do have to say that they are a little disappointing. I was expecting a little more dominance, but did kind of mention it that it's kind of happens sometimes when you make that many moves, when you make a bunch of trades, um, you, you kind of disrupt your locker room chemistry a little bit and makes things a little more difficult on yourself. And that could be what we're seeing with Florida. Hopefully not really because I, I want Tampa to win our series and I would want to play Florida just because it'd be a ton of fun. So if, if that can happen, that would be great, but it's going to be not super easy for Florida. Uh, Washington clearly wants it. Um, Ovi's playing well, Samson's playing well, and that, you know, the whole team really, they're just, they're, they're doing, doing what they need to, and it's not going to be super easy, but I still do believe in Florida in this series. Yeah. I'm a little shocked that it hasn't been, um, like this is a series that you and I talked about. It, I think we both predicted in five, but we said it could be a sweep for Florida. 
like looking back at it now, that seems just so dumb because of how close this series truly has been. Yeah. Um, when we go to the Metro side, though, we've got two teams with their backs against the wall, that being Boston down 3-2 to Carolina and New York down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh could finish their series tonight in Madison Square Garden. What do we expect out of these two? There's a very good chance they do. Um, if, I, if I'm betting on it, I'm, I'm betting on the Penguins to win tonight. I think I'm going to do that, to be honest. It just The Rangers just can't do it. It really just shows that this season they were carried by Shesterkin. You know, my expectations coming into the years, they could be a team that could fight for a playoff spot, but probably weren't quite there yet. And it's kind of what they're looking like at the moment. They look like the, a team that was, you know, just the right things happened. They got in, they got carried by a guy, and then that guy's just carried too much, and he's starting to break down. And that guy just he, he can't really carry anymore. And it, it, it's a shame. Um, and there was some optimism. It's a team that I like to root for, the Rangers, but. Not going their way. Uh, the Penguins just look like the team poised to win. And, you know, if, if I, I really just feel like it's going to be their win tonight. Yeah, and has it been two straight games where Igor Shosturkin's been pulled? Did he get pulled last game? Maybe not, but I know it has not gone well for him whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, didn't expect the Vesna winner or, or expected Vesna winner to come in and struggle super hard against the Penguins as the Penguins have put up seven goals in the last two games or seven goals back-to-back games. So 14 and in the last two. I, I do got to say that it's really not his fault. The team in front of him is doing absolutely fucking nothing to help him. I'm not saying it's, you know, strictly his fault, but you don't expect the Vesna expected winner to come in and have that happen to him. Yeah. So uh, that's, a series that very well could be over by the time you're listening to this. And then Boston, Carolina, Carolina wins last night to take the lead again, three to two. This is one where I didn't really expect Boston to, uh, you know, have this success. And I think very well, this could end in game six. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I, I would have to guess that Carolina's coming out with the win there on a Thursday. I really, really do. It just they just looked like a so much better team in Game Five that it, it really with even you know with, with Ranta just healthy, not even with uh, Freddie Anderson, they just looked like a completely better team all the way through. So I got to imagine it's a Game Six win for Carolina. Well, Chase, let's talk about some news around the league, including a couple of disna- disciplinary uh, actions, as we've got. Zach Cassian, fine for 5K, Darnell Nurse suspended for one game. Yeah, Zach Cassian, um, he gets a fine for a cross-check on Sean Dersey. Um, so, you know, it's, again, kind of like I, I mentioned in, in the, other, the other episode, that suspensions and um, fines are a little different in playoffs. So maybe in the regular season, this is actually a, um, a suspension. But... Nonetheless, it is justifying this one. And then Darnell Nurse, he gets uh, a headbutting suspension on Philip Deneau. So that's going to be tough for Edmonton going into that game. He's someone that is, you know, a, their best defenseman, a, a big player for them. But I still think they're going to be able to, you know, find a way to win despite these two guys being gone. And what this tells me is that the Oilers were incredibly frustrated towards the uh, or down the stretch of their game against the LA Kings. So, uh it's kind of hard because as a team that has a lot of skill like Tampa does, we have seen that, including and especially against the Islanders. When you're versing these teams that 
maybe aren't as skilled as you, but can frustrate the hell out of your top guys, it gets difficult. And we're seeing that right now with Edmonton getting these two uh, dis- disciplinary actions uh, taken against them. Yeah. Let's not talk about Patrick Marlowe. He is hanging up the skates after, uh, what is it, the most games played of all time? It is the most played games of all time. Um, so congrats to Patrick Marlowe on the career. Um, maybe that most games played all time is enough to get into the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I've talked about it before. He's just kind of like a like that guy who was the first person to miss being inducted. And I still think he's in that realm, even despite him playing so many games. But nonetheless, 23 seasons. What a career. A uh, very long time. You know, spent most of his time in San Jose, then had a little trip in Toronto as well. Um, and then, you know, got moved to Carolina, blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, he, he went through all these things, but he had a very long career, had a lot of success, um, did not get the Stanley Cup, unfortunately, though. But best of luck, Patrick Marlowe, going forward with whatever you're doing. Absolutely. Let's not talk about Barry Trotz as he was released from his duties as the Islanders head coach. This is something I think you and I have been uh, not like we're not banging the drum against Barry Trotz or anything, but I think we were excited to see what Matt Barzal could do after he had such a tremendous rookie season. And then Barry Trotz came in and obviously his scheme does not um let players like that excel necessarily. So uh, I think you and I pretty excited to see what Matt Barzal could do with a new coach. Absolutely. And in terms of the team on ice success, the firing is kind of a mystery to be honest, because they made back-to-back conference finals. This is the first year they missed playoffs without him team as a raw, like the roster, it wasn't a very big fan of uh, really. So even, even if I'm not a big fan of the way he coaches, just because it, it limits how, you know, the way the game's played nowadays, it's completely different. Um, he still is probably someone that really didn't warrant getting fired. So I imagine he's going to get a job here pretty quickly. He's probably going to be at the top of everybody's interview list for all the coaching changes that are being done. But it'll be nice for the Islanders to have Matthew Barzal and have let him have this opportunity to maybe be a little more experimental, be a little more open offensively. And then, you know, some of the other guys coming in, like, like an Aturatu, when he gets to come in, he can play his two-way game and provide his little more offensive flash as well. So hopefully this ends up being a good thing for the Islanders and we can see some of their young studs end up being a little better. Yeah. And we talked about a couple of episodes ago, how the Red Wings now have an opening. I'm pretty sure someone messaged you and said that the Red Wings should be on the phone trying to get Barry Trotz. You had a different opinion. Yeah. I, I don't want to see that. Just like we, we saw what those young kids did in Detroit this year. We saw the more insiders, Lucas Raymond, they're going to have another high pick. Got some young guys coming in, and I don't, I don't want to see their offensive upside limited. I'd rather see Barry Trotz go to a team that's a bit older that really needs to try to get some of the older guys' championships instead of taking over a younger team and pushing them to a playoff-type team. I think that the Redding should be better off hiring a new coach for, for what they're looking for, and Barry Trotz would be better off going to a team that's way more positioned for success. Yeah, and the Red Wings have another high pick. That is number eight. As we can now look at the draft lottery, we got the official results. Um, not exactly what I wanted to see happen, if I'm being honest, but I am happy that New Jersey didn't win the first overall pick because if they got another first overall center, I would have been infuriated. Yeah, that it would have been a bit ridiculous. They would have had, you know, Jack Hughes, Nico Hish here, and then of course Shane Wright. So that would have been a little ridiculous. So good thing they didn't more fitting that Montreal ends up with them. 
um, or with the pick makes a lot more sense. So you'd have to assume they're going Shane Wright. It just makes the most sense at this point. So for New Jersey, you know, they can still be looking at some great talents. Maybe they want to go Logan Cooley and grab another center still. Maybe they want to go defense and grab Simon Namath or David Yurichek. Maybe they want to go with Yuras Levkovsky. You know, there's a lot of routes that they can go, and there's really not a right or wrong answer, especially if you're going with one of those types of guys for them. So that's good for New Jersey. They're going to get another piece, help with the rebuild, help, you know, give uh, Jack Hughes the tools that he needs to go on and be an NHL superstar like he's becoming. But other than that, we don't see any other changes. Um, everyone kind of stands pat. So Arizona, they, they moved down to three. Um, that was a team that I was very nervous about getting the first overall pick because if they ended up with Shane Wright playing in a freaking 4,500-seat venue, I would have been really annoyed. Yeah, and I think you sent me a tweet, or maybe you just texted it to me, that Shane Wright currently plays in a venue that holds over 1,000 more people in stands than where Arizona State or the Arizona Coyotes would play. Yes, yeah, I, I I texted it to you because it is it is true, and I I've been I've been to Kingston's rink. It's 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 pretty cool. It's it's a great it's a great venue for a you know junior hockey rink. But if you wanted to host a pro team there, it'd be kind of a joke. And oh wait, that's right, they're gonna be doing that in Arizona. So that's really stupid. Um, regardless of who goes there, whoever they draft, it's gonna be pretty much guaranteed that the rink that they're gonna be playing in in the NHL is at least the same size, if not smaller than wherever they played. Yeah, and going back to the first overall pick, talking about the Montreal Canadiens, likely to get Shane Wright. I was thinking it'd kind of be cool if they were able to get Alexi Lafreniere, you know, a year ago and, you know, see that French-Canadian connection. And then I remembered, I sent you a tweet, and Jay Fresh Hockey, uh, who we've talked about on the show before, he said here in reports that the Montreal Canadiens have traded the first overall pick for the UFA rights to Chris Latane. That's obviously a joke, uh, but someone said hearing the first overall pick for Lafreniere, who says no, and someone re- responded, the New York Rangers, and I'm just interested in your thoughts on that because you didn't give me any. Would the New York Rangers say no to trading Alexi Lafreniere for Shane Wright? I mean, technically they could say no. Would it be the right move? No, it wouldn't be. Even if I think Alexi Lafreniere might have a higher offensive ceiling, I, I, I do believe that. The defensive ceiling of Shane Wright is, of course, superb, and he is a legit number one center mold type player. He, he's someone that can go and play those very big minutes for a team. Where Lafreniere, he's going to you know play on the wing. Maybe he is not your number one guy on a team ever. Where Shane Wright, they, he definitely could be your number one guy on a team. He, he could be the guy you build around. So they would be stupid to say no to that especially since they really need that number one elite center. Even, even though Miko stepped up and played pretty well, they need one for the future, and Shane Wright would be that guy. Yeah, so this just kicks off a very exciting road to the NHL draft. We will be doing uh, a lot more draft coverage, mock drafts, uh, looking at some players, doing some player profiles and everything like that. So very excited to see how um, the draft pans out You know, in a couple months from now. But we got a lot of hockey to still go uh at least that's what we're hoping for over here on the bolts broadcast chase let's now finish this episode off talking the finalists for the norris the vesna and the calder yeah so i'll just kind of rip through these real quick and we can comment on them at, you know afterwards but first with the, with the norris the three finalists no surprise roman yossi of the national predators kale mccarr colorado avalanche victor Hedman of our tampa bay lightning the vesna finalist jacob marks from the calgary flames uc saros of the national predators Igor Shurkin of the New York Rangers 
and the Calder finalists, Moritz Sider of the Detroit Red Wings, Trevor Zagras of the Anaheim Ducks, and grandfather to six beautiful grandchildren, Michael Bunting of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the tweet that you sent me in the group chat. It was talking uh, the finalists for the Calder, and if you've seen Billy Madison, you'll know what uh, type of picture it was <laughs> because he had Adam Sandler just sitting crisscross applesauce in the middle of a bunch of kids. So that's the uh, reference there to Michael Bunting. I love that. Yes, it, 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 was, it, it was very funny. And then I saw another tweet where it was a picture of – what is on record as the oldest known hockey stick built uh, built in 1700s. And then I saw someone quote tweet. It's like, I'm pretty sure that was Michael Bunting's first stick. <laughs> nice. Love that. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it was great. So this guy's ancient. Uh, I, I hate the NHL's rules for rookies. I've been a very, very long time proponent of changing the standard. Um, and uh, obviously it has not happened and I don't know if it's going to happen. But he does not deserve to be up for this award because he is a freaking man. Where you're looking at, you know, these 19, 20 year olds that are up for the awards, like Cider and Zagros, two guys that are way more deserving. Yeah, and we've talked about these awards already. Talked about our predictions for who should win the awards, and no surprise, but the names that we mentioned happen to be finalists as well. So no surprise. Excited to see uh, what happens there, and hey. I think the Calder absolutely should not go to Michael Bunting. Uh, we said that Moritz Sider, the most likely person. I threw in Trevor Zegras as an honorable mention, but if Michael Bunting wins this one, I I will be shocked. I'll say that. It should be nobody other than Moritz Sider. Even if you want to vote Trevor Zegras, that's wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. Like It's just, he, yeah, he scores some awesome goals, and he's going to be an awesome player, and he makes his highlight real plays, but... In terms of the impact on the game, it just wasn't really close. Moritz Sider was a freaking men amongst boys this year. And as you guys know, Chase, the biggest Trevor Zegras hater on the show, that's for sure. Well, yeah, clear, clearly <laughs> someone needs to freaking humble him, especially when I got people who I think are supposed to be, you know, like smart hockey people, guys that are hockey coaches at decent levels, telling me, oh, Trevor Zegras is so much better player than Jack Hughes, and Jack Hughes isn't even close. Like, what, what, a, what a dumb take. Someone needs to humble him, and it's going to be Chase Krasha on the Bolts broadcast. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Uh, or it can be, uh, who is the guy that jumped Troy Terry? I can't remember now. Jay Beagle. Yeah, it, it could be Jay Beagle. So, who knows? Yes, sir. All right, let's go to hockey name of the day now. We have Alessandro Schmiedbauer. Alessandro Schmiedbauer. Yes, sir. So Alessandro is a five foot seven, 19 year old defenseman from Landshut, Germany. He is playing in the German three pro league. He also played in the U 20 league as well. Uh, he'll be in the German three next season. Not really someone that you're going to be on the lookout for in the international scene, the NHL scene. Um, but just, you know, neat name, love the German hockey players. He played for the Red Bull hockey Academy, which I think is a super unique concept. If you don't know about the Red Bull hockey Academy, it is a, Hockey Academy, it's just as it says in the name, you know, out in Austria where, you know, a lot of Europeans, sometimes some North Americans go there and you get to really kind of hone your craft. You get to play in the Czech U-20 league if you're on the U-18 team. If you um, are playing on the U-20 team, they end up playing in the Alps League, I believe it is. So you get to play pro hockey while while being in a hockey academy. So it's a very cool system. 
And, um, you know, Schmiedbauer is just another product of that system. But nonetheless, uh, you know, neat hockey name, someone that you'll probably never hear from again. Yeah, uh, not going to lie. Really wish this guy was making it to the show because how sick would it be to get a little Bauer sponsorship, name their next big stick, the Schmied, like that is gold. Yeah, so that, that, that would be quite neat, eh? Schmied Bauer. I love the last name, but that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out. Chase, if you could, hit him with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us on Patreon, support us over there. I'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. Excuse me, I had a burp a little bit. That's at Hockey Podnet. While you're at it, follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure uh, you go to the Hockey Podcast Network. Jeez, um, excuse me. I am just struggling over here make sure you go to hockeypodcastnetwork.com find all the podcasts network there boom click the logo that's an easy peasy lemon squeezy wherever you listen if you're ready five stars send us your questions comments concerns wherever you do you're on fit to use code thpn we sign for DraftKings. also chase you don't need to announce when you burp i think they know no i i, I need to oh okay we'll talk to you next time